When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 35, the Manny Fernandez episode. This is on honor of Manny Fernandez. Of course. In all his, in all his glory, uh, with the Bruins back. Was it 0809? I think it was. I want to say, yeah, 08. Cause 0708 was Alex Ald, if, if people remember that. That was, uh, legend. it's funny when legend Alex Ald, the best pads in the league. When it's funny when you're a little kid, you remember those Bruins teams or those, those sports teams, like, like the back of your hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I knew those Bruins teams inside and out. Um, but yeah, so I'm F. Marinovsky, for those who don't know. That's Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, how are we doing? Evan, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I want to say a late happy birthday. Uh, when oh, people listen to this, you. it'll be two days later, but your birthday was on Tuesday. Uh, and, uh, and the Bruins won on your birthday. Look at that. Boom. As, unbiased, as an unbiased reporter, that uh, must have felt great. <laughs> It, it, it makes the, the day easier when you don't have to do the same thing of writing about how they can't score on even strength, which was, I think, the case for the last two weeks prior. So nice change of pace. You had, you had another uh, goalie step in, a young player. People get excited for that. Dan Vladar played very, very well, was very, very excited after the game, which is good to see a guy like him get kind of rewarded for all of his work he's put in the last couple of years. So it was good. It was good. It was a good day to write about the Bruins for sure. Yeah, and it was fun because, again, it had the new stuff. We always say to people, uh, in these dog days of the season, there's, there, a lot of stuff is the same. There's not a lot that changes from game to game. As people know, for a, a long stretch of games up until Tuesday night, and even still Tuesday night, the story was, you know, the 5-on-5 five five scoring isn't there. No one's scoring outside the top line. Um, but it, it uh, you know, you got some new stuff. Ladar, you had Oscar Steen. Um, and that's like where I want to start. Uh, with the, with the the farm system, with the with the P Bruins, with the with the prospects that they have, uh, it's very talked about that the Bruins uh, don't have an elite farm system. They don't have uh, these guys who they can trade for <laughs> Jack Eichel. <laughs> Go back to it. All goes back to Jack Eichel. Um, by the way, Rip uh, Ralph Kruger done yeah. in Buffalo. Maybe we'll, give, maybe we'll give uh, Buffalo a little bit of a spark before they play the Bruins, but I don't know, man. That team's in rough shape. So, yeah, that team is uh, that team is having a tough time. So, uh, so you know, when it comes to the farm system, one thing we've seen this season is guys coming up and playing really well from Providence uh, in their small amounts of time. Again, we only saw Senechin for a little bit. He looked really good on the fourth line. Oscar Steen looked really solid uh, Tuesday night on that third line. 
Uh, Jacob Zaboros held his own. I know he's been a guy who's been down there a really long time, but you have Dan Vladar stepping in. Is the farm system better than people give it credit for? I think, yeah, maybe from a national angle. I mean, I think going into the year, I want to say they they were the 31st ranked uh, farm system uh, by the athletic. And again, like this is, you know, let's be, let's be candid leading off. Like, it's not like this farm systems, like the, LA Kings or the Ducks or the Rangers or a few of these other teams where um, they've got, you know, three or four guys who seem like they either have, you know, top six potential or, uh, you know, top, a top four D, you know, it's, it's not that, but I think you kind of look across the, the prospect pool the Bruins have had and whether it's guys that are up in the league right now, um, you know, looking at Frederick and Lozon and Zborl, um or guys that are right, you know, right on the cusp of it. Um, it seems like they at the very least roll out quite a few guys that at least can become established NHL regulars. I mean, I think you look at Jeremy Lozon is Jeremy Lozon, you know, the, uh, bona fide top pairing defenseman. I, I don't, I don't think so yet, but like, he's definitely going to be an NHL regular, I think for his career. I think Zaboral is playing into that same role where he can, he can be a consistent NHL defenseman. Um, Frederick seems like he's going to be at least, you know, a bottom six regular on the Bruins or another team for a long, long time. Um, you're curious to see what, what Jackson Nika has as he continues to round out his game. But I think he's a guy that's going to be in the league for a long time. And then I think, you know, it's not just the fact that you've got kind of this next wave of the Zaborals and the Vakanians and those guys up in the league right now, but also I think you've still got, you know, a sizable amount of guys that are right on the cusp of making it up here. So, um, you know, it, it's funny, you look at Dan Vladar, you know, uh, was far and away the reason why that won that game on, on Tuesday, but um, leading into that game, I think everyone just wanted Jeremy Swayman instead, which is kind of a, a, a statement on just how good the, the Bruins young goalie core is, is that, you know, Dan Vladar has been great down in Providence the last two years, um, but also, Jeremy Swimming's been just unconscious right now, right? It's 7 0 1 a 9-4-2, I think, save percentage. So um, you look at him, you look at the way they add guys through college free agency, like Jack Ashan, who could be playing on uh, on Thursday against Buffalo because Jared Tenori seems like he's going to be out for a long time, unfortunately. Um you know, he's a guy who's very much fits the mold as a, a Tory crew type player. Nick Wolf, who's a bigger guy, kind of is like the the next Adam McQuaid. I think you kind of look at just the way he plays. Um, those guys, Beecher, you look all around. Like, are there guys that you can pencil in right now and be like, all right, this guy is going to be a, a star player? Maybe Swayman fits the mold of being a potential number one. Uh, just how good he's up at the NHL level, we'll have to see, but. Uh, regardless of maybe if the ceiling isn't the highest for a few guys, the Bruins leagues are consistently churning out, I think, uh, players with the floor of being dependable, solid NHLers. And I think there's value in that. It's rather you at least replenish some areas of your lineup with your farm system than everyone either striking out or taking a long time to develop. So, again, are they top 10, top 15, maybe like – you know, are, are they a fun system ranked up there? No, but I think they're definitely higher than, you know, some people giving them credit for. Cause uh, I mean, look at Tuesday's game. You, you desperately needed to win against a good Pittsburgh team. And the two guys that helped you out the most were Trent Frederick and Dan Vladar. So the, the younger players are contributing to this team for sure. 
Yeah, and the other thing is Stanika. We didn't even mention Stanika, uh, who, if he just finished a few more plays, would have a bunch more goals this year. I mean, yeah. the guy is die like like desperately needs a, a goal. Um, I, I think he's you know people are kind of a little maybe underwhelmed by uh, his start, but again, like just comes down to finishing those plays, and you know his stat sheet is completely different. Uh, but you hit on it. Like again, they're they're churning out dependable NHLers, and you know again. As you said, these guys are not top trade chips. Um, what's funny is they had Ryan Lindgren a few years ago. Uh, so as much as you get to see him every uh, eight times a season uh, right now, he, by the way, he's been good in, in New York. He's been very yeah. solid. I um, mean, he, he has been paired with the greatest defenseman of all time. Uh, yes. Even Bobby Orr has said that I, he hasn't come close to the greatness of Adam Fox. But yes, yes, Ryan Lindgren. Every time you watch Ryan Lindgren play, I'm always like, that guy would be a really good Bruin. Great Bruin. That is, that's a prototypical Bruin though. Like that, like he is, he's like Trent Frederick, but on the blue line. Um, and I think that that is, a, that would have been an interesting thing to watch here in Boston. Um, they could have used that, but again, credit, they traded for Rick Nash. They thought they had something there. So I guess you can't really, uh, hit on that. Just like you can't hit, uh, hit on maybe all your bets, but you know, if you want to have the best shot at your bets, you're going to go to bet online. Absolutely. Listen up guys. It's an exciting time of the year on the sports world. Football might be over, but the NBA is back in full swing, and yes, Bruins hockey has returned. Even though you may not be at a game this year, yet, 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 yet. pretty soon, you guys can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players at play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. And it's not just sports. Bet Online even covers things like awards, TV shows, reality TV. So if you want to bet on The Bachelor, the, the Academy Awards has announced their nominations. I think we've talked about this before, Evan. No nomination for Trolls World Tour. Tough hit. Great Bad. movie. Sad. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? But anyway, listen, there are other more options to wager than anywhere else online. We even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to bet online and enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. Nope. Nobody beats that. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Go there now. Uh, so before, uh, when we plan out the show, you, I, I didn't even think of this, but now that we've hit the mid-season point um, of this weird season, you said, let's revisit our predictions from the beginning of the year. Uh, and we, I, I wrote a story for CLNS, uh, bold, 10 bold predictions. Um, I know we'd, we'd done it in podcasts. I know you did a, a, a predictions piece over at BSJ. We can go back and forth on predictions we had we can do the ones we missed the most on we can kind of hit on ones that uh maybe we we did nail so i'm interested to hear give me one you did that was good we'll start from a positive perspective we'll start from a positive okay. angle we'll start we'll we'll pump our own tires for a bit and then we'll deflate them cool yeah i mean i'll, I'll go with two quick ones that i think uh are looking pretty good right now one which i guess you could say was pretty bold is that charlie mcavoy ghana's Norris Trophy consideration, which I think is absolutely the case this year. Uh, with Tenorti out on Tuesday, McAvoy, I think, had 30 minutes of ice time in that, in that win over Pittsburgh. Um, and again, 
we've talked about it plenty of times, but it's not just the fact that McAvoy is eating plenty of minutes uh, and, you know, playing very, very good defense. It's also, I mean, he's generating five and five offense. He's been fantastic in just every area of this game. I mean, if McAvoy, who, you know, knock on wood, has been the one of the few guys on the, the blue line that's avoided injury, if McAvoy missed an extended stretch, this team would be in deep shit. So, deep shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I think he's absolutely in, in the running for that. Is he the favorite? Probably not, especially where he, I think he needs to kind of build up that rep, you know, on the national scale a little bit more. But uh, I think Charlie McAvoy is absolutely garnering Norris Trophy consideration this year, and I think he should be in the running for it. I think he needs to play at this level. Um, and then another one that's looking pretty good, I said Trent Frederick settles into a fourth-line role by the spring, which maybe I'm wrong, actually, because he might be just a third-line guy because he's been uh, bumped up to a lineup when needed. Uh, you know, he's he's – everything that I think Bruins fans have expected, but been even better in terms of just his overall production. I mean, with that goal on Tuesday, he has four goals in his last 12 games of which three of those are game winners. So he's also kind of the new Sean Corelli that he's, you know, finding the right time to score these goals. Um, but yeah, I, I think in terms of settling into a role, there was plenty of guys. I think they were vying for fourth line spots open the year, whether you had, you know, the regular guys like Corelli and, and Wagner, you had Paul Lindholm, you had, Carson Kuhlman, Zach Senishin, uh, you know, I think Frederick people were expecting it, but um, you still had a lot of guys kind of in front of him or at least, you know, stuck with him in that depth chart. And right away, he absolutely, uh, you know, made a statement right from the first game. I settled into that role, and I don't think he's coming out of the lineup anytime soon. So uh, I think that one was one that probably a lot of people saw coming, but it's, it's good to see Frederick has really established himself in his first full year in the NHL. Yeah, no, I, those are two good ones. I actually had uh, Charlie McAvoy becomes one of the league's elite defensemen. So uh, that I, I think is kind of the falls under the same thing you had. Um, I also had another one. Um, well, actually, I'll do the Matt Krizlik one first. I said uh, Matt Krizlik sees a large jump in points. Now, he's been hurt for a little bit. He has eight points in 14 games, uh, which is pretty good. Um but I will say he's had a you know a large jump in responsibility. He's done a great job. So I will give myself that one. I will say that that even though it's not a large jump in points, he's had a large jump in responsibility and he's done a really good job of it. So I'll give myself that one. You know, I because when you when you look at the rest of some of, some of the rest of these, uh, I definitely need every point I can get. Um, one that I did get right: left side will need to be bolstered during the season. That was one I had, and that is true. That. That we saw coming from the minute Chara left, the minute Krug left, it was they need to bolster that left side, and that has held true. Uh, they definitely need to. Even if even if Zaboral, um, Grizzlick, and Lozon were not injured and playing great, I would still say you need another left shot defenseman. So that was Absolutely. that was a good one as well. So I'll give myself that one. Now, um, as for stuff that was fringe for me, um, tandem of Tukarask and Yaroslav Halak propel Bruins to second in the East Division. It still could happen. It hasn't really yet. Um, there was a stretch at the beginning of the season where, where Rask wasn't amazing. Um, Rask is hurt now. Maybe it's Vladar. Maybe Vladar and Swayman take over and they propel the Bruins the East, second of the East. The, division. the new Jordan Bennington. Hopefully. You know how many times I've wanted to tweet, by the way, when people are saying like, oh, the Bruins are so close to falling out of a playoff spot. Do you know how many times I want to say the Blues were in last place in mm. December of 2019, January of, uh, uh, or December of, 2018 January 2019 but I know I'll get killed for it so I, I don't 
I don't want to do that. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to step on that. That would, that would be quite the story if Vladar and Swayman became the new Biddington, which would be pretty cool, but also better because Swayman and Biddington aren't assholes like Jordan Biddington. So Swayman and Vladar, you mean? Not Swayman and Biddington. You mean Swayman and Vladar. Oh, yeah. Swayman yes. and Vladar are not jabronis like Jordan Biddington is. So Yes, yes. Um, I'll give myself this. Jackson Nika battles Anders Bjork for the left side of Charlie Coyle. That's true. That, that was right. Been in the uh, running. It was in the running. Uh, Jackson Nika impresses in David Pasternak's absence. Nah, not really. That didn't happen. Uh, he, that was not uh, a big thing that happened. Um, uh, and I also had Trent Frederick gets a shot at the fourth line. So I was right. I mean, he did get a shot. He did. He got a shot. He did. He got a shot. Uh, you can't argue with it. Can't argue with that. Now, what were some you had that were fringe that are like, eh, neither here nor there? Yeah, so, I mean, I had one where entering the final week of play, Bruins will be vying for the top spot in the revamped East Division, which, again, could happen. Could, I could mean, happen. They're, they're, they've lost some ground, obviously. Um, the Islanders are going to be right up there. The Capitals are. You know, the Islanders just lost Anders Lee for the entire year with the 20th yeah. sale, which is a bad hit for them. Um, but again, they're not out of it yet. The Bruins, you have to imagine by April, they've added some pieces that are going to help them along. You hope that guys get healthy, uh, guys break out of whatever scoring malaise they've been stuck in, like, you know, DeBrusque and, and Coyle. So, uh, that one's not totally off. They're still in the picture. They're still in the playoffs as of right now. Um, they've been helped out a lot by Philly being quite bad. <laughs> so that's helped them out quite a bit from this slump they've been on. Um, so I'm not ready to rule that one out completely, but not looking great right now. And then uh, another one that was kind of fringe in that one side was correct and one side was drastically wrong. Uh, I said Bruins embrace the youth movement on defense, but Zdeno Chara re-ups just ahead of camp. That was not true. That did not happen. <laughs> that was far from the case. In fact, that was a 50% uh, correct prediction, which technically would be failing. So that was a failed prediction because – uh, sure enough, this was uh, posted back in December, and Zeno Chara signed with the Washington Capitals. So that did not happen. Uh, however, there has been a youth movement on defense. Uh, some of that has been, I think, part of the plan, but also some of it has been the fact that the decor has not been able to be healthy at all, which is why on Thursday we could have a game in which Zaboral and uh, Jack Ashan, who was playing – college hockey last year and now very well could be in a game. He could be in the lineup, which uh, I don't think many people predicted, even though I think Jack Sean's going to be a very, very good player. Uh, I don't think people saw this happening this soon. So it's definitely been a youth movement. Some of it's been expected. A lot of it has not been, uh, but that's kind of the, the cards that the Bruins have been dealt this year. Yes. Yeah, so that's, those are good fringe ones. Those are really, you know, you had them half, right. I'll give it to you if it's half, right. Like it, it's not easy. People think, oh, it's so it's so easy to predict these things. No, it isn't. Like so much stuff changes, and you will see that in our next couple of predictions. Um, this one was fringe, but not really fringe. It didn't really come to fruition. Uh, Jacob Zaboral and Erho Vakanainen fall short in their chance at full-time work in Boston. Uh Zaboral obviously has not, he's done a great job, or he's you know been good enough to stay in the lineup. He's also just hasn't gotten injured long term yet, knock on wood. Um, and Earl Vakaninen, uh, I would say has fallen short at full-time work. Um, hasn't really kind of been the guy they hoped. So mm-hmm. maybe that's, I kind of hit there. Um, I guess I'll give myself that. Um, but here are the two doozies. Here are the two doozies. And one of them, one of them, a lot of people 
said as a prediction as well. And the other, no one said. I was the only one to say it, and it just completely fell short. Um, n- my number w- number one uh, wrong prediction was Andre Kasha becomes the right wing David Krejci has needed since 2014. That's tough. Well, he That's was tough. to open the year. He was. I mean, he was to open the year. Uh, you know, I guess that counts for something. Uh, but it didn't last much longer. Unfortunate because of injury. It wasn't because he played terrible. It was injury. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're still looking for a right wing for David Krejci. They're looking under couches, beds, and all that stuff. So that was the wrong one. That was wrong. But again, I guess that's injury. So, you know, you, you that's tough. Because again, like, yeah. it looked like it was going to come out to be that. Um, but when it comes to bad predictions, my friend actually tweeted this at me. Uh, and was like, what the hell? And I was going to reply. I was going to quote it and make it like kind of publicize it a little bit, but I felt weird because it was my friend and people could see that we were following each other. So I was like, they're going to think that I like staged this. Um, so I, I guess this will be, yeah, my burner account. Jake DeBrusque leads the Bruins in goals this season. That's, there's no way around that one. And I, I actually said first, first graph, this is by far the hottest take of the 10 in this piece. So allow me to explain. And I will. I'll explain it. My thought process was simple. He got a bridge deal. So it was a prove me deal. He was going to be motivated. He also was very open about how he was very inconsistent last season and he wanted to be better. He was a year older. And I thought, you know what? With with Pasternak out to begin the year, uh, I think Marshawn was out. No, he wasn't out to begin the year. Marshawn was supposed to be when I wrote this piece, yeah. but he ended up coming back to start the season. I thought with those guys out with kind of a revamped Krejci with Kasha on the right, DeBrusque kind of motivated. I was like, DeBrusque is going to burst onto the scene, score like 25 goals, lead the Bruins in goals. I was wrong. He has, what does he have, two this year? Yes. So he, he has two goals. So there's still time. There's still time. There's, there's still time. Don't, don't, let him, don't let him get hot. Don't he's let already, him get he's hot. Already, he's already very mad uh, based <laughs> on how he went after the game where he scored his last goal. So maybe he's got another patented hot streak uh, on tap. But – Hey, the stars were aligned. You kind of like drew it up. Like, I th- I think a lot of people thought this is going to be his his breakout year, and it has not been the case so far. I took a leap of faith. I took a leap of faith. Hey, when 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 uh, when DeBrusque gets traded to the Predators and leads them in goals, I would like to have that count for this. So, okay. just saying, just saying. All right, now let's hear some some of your bad predictions, the ones that didn't pan out. So uh, I have one where even without Tory Krug, the Bruins finished with a top five power play. That has not been the case. Uh, <laughs> in fact, you can make the case that in the last month, the power play has been flat out sucky. They've been really bad. bad. Um, I think right now they are 12th in the league uh, in power play percentage. And that I think has been helped out by a very, very strong stat from them. I think they were top five, top three for the first I want to say three weeks of the season, but since then, remember when been, they were good? <laughs> yeah, um, remember when you had a five-minute power play and you were guaranteed to get at least a goal out of it instead of like oh, yeah. fumbling the puck, which is what happened in the last game. Um, Almost give up a short-handed been, goal. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know factored quite a bit. People talk about the even-strength scoring, and of course, we I mean, we talked about this all the time. That's they got to fix that, right? Because you're not going to win the playoffs without that. But at the very least. I think what you've seen in years past, why the Bruins have been able to avoid extended, inconsistent, you know, stretches like they're in right now, is that even when the first line was contained at five and five, when you had other guys not pulling their weight, you at least had your kind of your your get out of jail free card in the power play, right? That even if it wasn't going good, you still 
if you got five chances on the power play, you're scoring probably at least two of them, right? Or you got a five-minute power play as they had on Tuesday, you're going to make the team pay for that. And that just hasn't been the case. And there's far too many times you've seen this year where it's not just, you know, there's plenty of times you got a, a good power play shift and just things don't go your way or, you know, you miss a one-timer or a guy makes a great save or you got a clutch block. Uh, there's been too many times the last three weeks, you know, a month that you've had them struggle with entries. You've had them uh, be too slow with gathering the puck up high uh, and struggle with the pressure. Um, you've had just situations where, you know, I think PK units are doing a good job of taking away Bergeron at the bumper and avoiding those seam passes. And they kind of don't really know what to do, right? You know, they haven't seen a lot of good low to highs. You haven't seen a lot of pucks get through. So, um, yeah, it's funny. I, it, if you told people, I think going into the year, people, especially people who didn't like Tory Krug, that uh, you'd miss him, I think more than you've missed Char this year in terms of just what their roles are. It's kind of much been the case. I mean, uh, again, he wasn't the only conduit as to why that power play was so good. You still got a lot of pieces there, but so far it seems like they're just missing a gear because uh, kind of that crisp passing that execution that I think all of us are used to seeing just hasn't been there this year. So um, I think that one's one that right now is looking a little bit tough. Maybe they bounce back, they solve some things, but, uh, and they should, cause they still got plenty of great personnel there, but so far has not looked too good. Well, it's funny. Cause at the beginning of the season, the first like 15 games, we were all like, Oh, have you noticed no Chara or no Krug? Like it's, they've been fine back there. They've been good. And then kind of, we got to that point where it was like, all right, now it's the dog days of the season. Let's see if this holds up. And it really hasn't. Um, you know, the back end's had some hiccups. They've obviously had a lot of injury. Again, Kevin Miller's been out for a, a while. Lozon, Carlo, like, got injuries everywhere. So there's that. Do you have any others that were rough predictions? Yeah, the uh, last two I got. One is Craig Smith wins the seventh player award, which <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think as much as I think people were excited for Craig Smith to come in, I was very excited because I thought he was probably one of the more underrated forwards. Uh, well, the so numbers far, pointed not, that way. Like, this, yeah. like this isn't like you pick, you know you picked like some rando as the yeah. as an underrated. Like you had good reason to believe Craig Smith was going to work out really well here and he still could by the way uh, yeah but yeah so far not it's really. not it's not happening i mean one goal in 18 games now not ideal for a guy who usually likes to put put the puck on net so uh that has not manifested yet i think right now the favorites right frederick it's gonna be frederick right oh yeah no i don't think there's a question about it because i think on defense like maybe Lozon, but then he got injured so that didn't really that wouldn't happen. Yeah, I feel like it's Frederick. Frederick. It's Frederick. It's Frederick. A, a Frederick. Yeah. So I will amend that uh, prediction. And then the uh, last one, which is the final one I had, is that the Bruins will face off against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup final, which <laughs> might be half true because right now I don't think the Bruins right now are playing like a Stanley Cup team. Toronto very well might be. We'll see what happens when they get out of the tomato can division they're in. They're, you know, done beating up, uh, you know, the – Vancouver Canucks and the the Ottawa Senators and some of these other teams with bootleg defenses that they're, you know, landing punches against. But Flames. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens when they play uh, Carolina or Tampa or someone in the another division or someone out west, Vegas. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think right now they're looking like a pretty good team. They're they're better than they were. They've addressed, I think, some of their flaws. I think Brody's helped out quite a bit. Their defense is a lot better. Of course, everyone knows they can score a bunch of goals. Um, so they're looking pretty good. Bruins have potential. They've got to start stringing together some wins. Hopefully, uh, playing Buffalo will let them to get on a little bit of a, a streak here. Where at least they can score more than one, two goals a game. You know, feel start feeling good about themselves a little bit and going on from there. But uh, right now that one is maybe more of a hope than a uh, uh, definite prediction. Cause it'd be awesome if they played the Maple Leafs in the Stanley cup final, but will it actually happen right now? Uh, there's quite a few good teams right in front of them. I mean, you look at the way Carolina and a few of these other teams are playing right now. Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. They've got Kucherov apparently back, even though now I don't know how, I don't know what, cap sorcery they're going to do when they bring Kuchar back because they avoided cap hell by he somehow gets that injury but anywho uh, yeah that 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 was my part of the boldest prediction is that Maple Leafs Bruins in the in the Stanley Cup final what would be more obnoxious the Canadians winning a cup or the Maple Leafs winning a cup like, uh, what Maple be, Leafs Maple Leafs you think it's uh, uh, there's the history but no the Toronto the the media would literally lose their minds if, if that happens. So I feel like Montreal and, media is bad too. We just kind of forget about it because they haven't really been that great in past years. They're still pretty bad true. too. Yeah. But but uh, but Toronto so media think, is horrendous. Yeah. So but I don't mean horrendous pretty, like bad. I mean like you know you know what I mean. Like obnoxious yes. with oh my god the Leafs. Like that would yeah, just be and, like and maybe Leafs fans are they are easily the, the worst ones to deal with on on Twitter. They at least like throw stuff back at you pretty good, but it's not like St. Louis, St. Louis Blues fans are the worst. They they, they were not good at, at like chirping back at us. But well, it's uh, funny because I don't think people realize like you and I will, will tweet gifts of stuff, and then for days we'll have people fighting in the mentions. Like we'll just have people going back and forth for like days, or, or like or it's constant. You know, and you know, I I try when I post stuff, especially if it's like a hit or something, to not editorialize it or something. I let kind of the video speak for itself and you make, you know, your, your predictions on what it is, you know, that I think is that way lead up for interpretation, which of course doesn't do anything right. I think it's like the, uh, <laughs> the meme of the lady yelling at the cat. That's everyone yelling at us for like posting just a video without any commentary on it. It's like, no, I'm just putting that out there guys. It's mostly it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but of course, then you got maybe the like, you ever play hockey, bro? Yes, or, or stuff like that. I don't know why Maple Leafs fans sound like that, but, um, <laughs> but someone replied. Yeah. There was a, there was a I, I when I tweeted the Frederick getting hit from behind it on the bench thing the other day. Someone replied like uh, they said like, well, in a sport where there's fighting, what do you expect? And they got ratioed. Like people went <laughs> at them. Like that was not like a like you clearly was a person who was not a hockey guy at all, and people just killed him in the mentions and the replies to it. And like I think that tweet. I, I can't find it right now, but the reply had like, you know, three likes and like a bunch of replies and the replies to it had like 90 likes. So it was this whole big thing where they were just dunking on this dude for like just totally misinterpreting hockey, um, which was kind of funny. I, I appreciated that. But yes, no people and, and Flyers fans too are bad. Flyers fans are also not very fun, um, but at least they have gritty, at least kind of gritty kind of smooths them over in a sense. At least gritty, all knowing yes. gritty kind of comes and fixes everything. Um, but at any rate, before I let you go, is there anything that the, the people should be looking for over at Boston Sports Journal? 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be doing a deeper dive on these predictions uh, probably up by the weekend, just revisiting them and looking at some of the stats behind uh, what predictions were right and wrong. Uh, so we'll be looking at that. We'll be breaking down. It could be an interesting game on Thursday where you could see Jack Ashan, uh get a look up in the the NHL. So um, plenty of interesting stuff to kind of break down. It should be fun to see how they hold up against the Sabres. It won't be fun if they lose one of these games. That would be really bad. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have plenty of stuff over at BSJ, so subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. You can go watch future Bruin Taylor Hall on Thursday night. This would be crazy. If he, if he even plays after taking that, that slap shot to the face, that was scary. Oof. That was yeah. wild. And then he came back. He played the rest of the game later in the game. Got to give him credit there. Got to give him credit. Yeah. But at any rate, this has been Poke the Bear episode 35. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the Bear listeners. Have an amazing rest of your day. Yeah.